Hey, this is Randall with Blueprint Pros Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And today, I am so wonderful I can't stand myself. Actually, every day I'm so wonderful I can't stand myself. And a few few episodes down the road, I'll tell you why I'm always that way. But it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, the topic today, if you want to get better at landing corporate contracts, ask yourself these three questions. You might be going, okay, Randall, what are the three questions? What are the three, three questions? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you why these three questions are huge, why they're big. So if, if you recall, I talked to you previously about being a buyer, supply chain person, purchasing for a big oil company. At that time, the world's biggest oil company. And the cool thing about that was we were best in class at everything. I had um, our leadership was committed to benchmarking and finding out what the best companies in the globe did in uh, their supply chain. And the uh, executive leadership made sure that supply chain was truly involved. The organization supply chain or purchasing was involved in strategic planning so that we could get the maximum benefit of um, understanding what we bought, how we bought it, were we buying it at better than competitive levels, and could we repeat that performance? So that was cool. That was a great background, great training. Taught me lots and lots and lots and lots that I will never forget. Even if I try, it kind of just works that way. (laughs) Sorry about that. So one of the cool things I did was, and this was in the late 80s, uh, no, early 90s, early 90s, where that company actually had a commitment to minority and women business suppliers getting a bigger portion of the spend. Um, Had a goal internally of, and it was paltry, but it was still significant if you actually, uh, some of the vendors participating, it was 3% for minorities. And uh, at that time, 2.5% for women. I think now they've gotten up to what 7%, maybe 10% or 11% for both. And women-owned business participation in corporate contracting is uh, actually advancing at a much faster rate than minority minority um, uh, participation. And just so you know, yes, you can be both a woman and a minority. <laughs> but when this whole thing started off, women were included as a minority, but then... Some folks said, well, I'm a woman, but I'm not a minority. So they gave a carve out to women as a specific group. But in general, it's uh, women and minority business owners. And so I had the luxury of being able to go out and talk to a number of minority and women business owners. And it was one of the most amazing experiences that I had. It was good in the sense that I was able to actually go out and see if I could find some that I thought could participate in the way we did business. It was tragic in the sense that minority and women business owners, as well as, you know, non-minority women business owners, failed to do the three things you absolutely have to do when you pursue this business. And it was tragic in the sense that I got to the point that within five to 15 seconds into a conversation, I knew whether or not that vendor was ready to do business. 
You catch that? Within five to 15 seconds, I knew whether a supplier was ready to do business with Shell, with my, my former company. And this wasn't, you know, me misrepresenting that there aren't any opportunities available. This isn't me out there, um, um, you know, carrying the flag and showing commitment to something that we really weren't serious committing to. This was, I bought for uh, initially a single location. And then after that, uh, nationwide for, for, uh, all of the United States. And I knew what the needs of the company were, and I knew the type of suppliers that we were going to need. And when I, when I say that, what I mean is I knew the level of sophistication a supplier needed to have. I understood what the level of uh, performance they were going to have to have in order to be successful. I knew uh, how they needed to plug into a given location and what are the do's and don'ts for that location? What are the critical things that were going to determine their success or failure? You know, I knew everything that, um, that it was going to take, uh, to, to make sure that I set somebody up, up for success. Now, I want you to think about this. Why in the world as a buyer for a company would I bring in a supplier that I didn't think could be successful. Why would I do that? I'm not trying to make numbers for the sake of making numbers. That's not what we do. When we brought people in, we brought them in with the expectation that they would be able to knock the ball out the park. It didn't matter whether it was a minority woman owned business or other. If you were getting an opportunity to come do business with us, the expectation is that you would meet and most likely exceed expectations. Nobody in their right mind is bringing somebody in that doesn't even meet expectations. So when I would go out to networking events, mixers, trade shows, a whole host of things, it, um, you know, I already knew what it was going to take to be successful. Why? Because I was already dealing with successful suppliers who currently had the business. Clearly, if I thought somebody was better than the folks that were there, I could give them an opportunity. If I saw somebody that was bringing something unique that uh, we could get value from, then that was an opportunity. If somebody wasn't, if, if an existing supplier wasn't performing well, and that's another conversation in and of itself, if they weren't performing well, then, um, you know, it was time for me to swap them out anyway, go to the market, see what was out there and see what we could do to advance the cause. I mean, that sometimes it's easier to rehabilitate them, to rehabilitate them and work with them and bring them along. But depending on what it was I was buying, it oftentimes just made sense to go to the market and see if I couldn't find, find some new suppliers. So I was always in the market to bring new companies in. Always, always, always. Big companies are always in the market to bring people in that can make a difference. Always. So when you hear stuff like they're not serious about doing business with folks like us, when you start hearing that, you know, there aren't any real opportunities, the big boys got it locked down. That's not true. What's true is we have to up our game to get the business. And so that may, leads me to the um, 
the, the title. If you want to get better at landing corporate contracts, ask yourself these three questions. Number one, do I have a solution that a corporation would say is valuable to them? Now you caught that, right? I didn't say, am I offering a solution that's valuable? I'm saying, am I offering a solution that they say is valuable? You know, is it's 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 kind of like uh, getting a gift for your significant other. Yeah, a, a funny story. Somebody had to walk me through the difference between a gift and a present. A present is what you present to someone. It's something that you want to uh, you you want them to have. A gift, however, is something they want to receive. Okay. <laughs> And so if it's something they want to receive, then it has value for them. More often than not, when I talk to people, they came up and they made a presentation. They wanted to present to me, hey, I offer janitorial services. Hey, I have a staff staff augmentation company. Hey, uh, we, we offer this widget. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, I got um, 30 janitorial companies i got 15 staff augmentation or staffing companies i have i don't know how many there's nothing about that that was of value to me as a buyer not at all didn't even register with me i'm like okay this is a me too this is not this is a me too this is not somebody that's differentiated it's a me too the uh second thing was ask yourself do you sell your products and services the way your target corporate client buys it? I can't tell you how many times people wouldn't do, suppliers wouldn't do the homework to find out how I bought. More often than not, they tell me what they sold. And invariably, they would only offer a piece of a solution. And they, they, a lot of them didn't quite understand why that was a problem. You know, it's 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 like somebody selling you a living room and not selling you the rest of the house. They're like, well, okay, it might be a gorgeous living room, but think about all the extra cost I have to go from that living room to every, everything else I need in order to have a house. It just doesn't make any sense for me to have a living room that's unattached to the entire house. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's not functional. It doesn't work. It costs me more to live than if I have a living room included with the house. Silly example, but you get the point. You get the point. So that's always a huge issue. And uh, it's a question you have to ask yourself. You need to answer that one. So now we got two of them. Am, do I have a solution that um, my customer, a corporate client would say they value? And number two, am I offering my product and service the way they buy it? Not am I selling it the way I want to sell it? Am I, am I offering it the way they buy it, the way they go to market to get it? And number three, the third question you need to ask yourself, am I really and truly ready for an opportunity if they give it to me? Now, this one is a is, is a bona fide killer condition. There have been a lot of people who have convinced and I've been burned by this one buyers that they can do number one and number two. But when they get the uh, contract, when they get the purchase order and they show up, they fail. And that is costly for a customer. It's embarrassing for me as the person that brought them in. And it's even worse for the supplier because it almost means that there's a slim chance you're going to get a do over 
You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. If you made it that far and you actually got the opportunity uh, and you weren't prepared to exceed expectations and hit a home run, then your name is going to be mud so fast it won't be funny. And it's going to be mud within the company and it's going to be mud uh, trying to go across the industry. So you absolutely have to be ready when the opportunity comes. So there's those are your three questions. We're, we're going to wrap it up for the day. Question number one, you should ask yourself, do I offer a product or service that the customer would say they value, that a corporate client would say they, they value? Number two, do I offer the product and service the way they purchase it? And number three, uh, if they give me an opportunity, can I really and truly knock it out the ballpark? Can I prove, can I demonstrate that I am the exception and I can do better than what my competition's doing. So those are the three for today. We're going to make it simple. We're going to make it easy down the road. We'll probably talk a lot more in detail about these and uh, we'll probably, probably pick each one off separately and give a little bit more treatment to it because there are some things you can do to address those um, right now, truth be told right now. But uh, that's it for today. Stay tuned for more. Looking forward to uh, talking with you on our next podcast. This is Randall Dobbins, business partner, Blueprint, uh, signing off.